Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is LeCharles and we're so glad you could join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing inside of our lives, Lord. And we just thank you that you have always been there for us, Lord, and that you will always continue to be there, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you continue to strengthen us, Lord, as we choose you, Lord, and that you continue to help us along this path, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit as well, Lord, who leads us down the right path, Lord, to you, Lord. We just thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we get into the Word and continue our study in the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 11, discussing verses 30 through 40. So whether it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode at this time and just take the opportunity to read through that section of Scripture making it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So I just wanted to mention, promise I found it very interesting that you brought up Second Corinthians um, in the previous episode, I know looking at it, you may have thought, what does this have to do with anything? Because it was talking about traditionally we assign that to tithes and offering, but that spiritual law of sowing and reaping does also first mm-hmm. apply to your relationship with the Lord. So if you um, sow time with him sparingly, where you, you only give him five minutes here, five minutes there, because you're preoccupied with other things that in the grand scheme of life don't really matter, then you can only get the five minutes of instruction from him, or you can only get the 5% of his best from him because he can't keep you in one spot long enough to talk to you, to give you the full battle plan. And I'm speaking from experience here. I've done that in my own life where I didn't want to, listen to the Lord because I wanted to play Legos or watch TV or read a book. And when I look back at my life, those times where I only spent five minutes with him and he could only get in two or three words before I was deep in the weeds or under the water because I was doing what I wanted to, I didn't see the fruit that should have been there in my own life because Jesus told us already that we would bear fruit, much fruit, and that our fruit would remain. But that doesn't happen without cultivation without nourishment, without guidance, without any of those things, even in the natural when it comes to gardening. And if you don't pick the caterpillars off those squash plants, if you don't de-weed the garden bed, you're not going to have any fruit that is edible for you to show for at the end of the, the gardening season. And when it's time to harvest, you won't harvest anything but a leaf with a bunch of caterpillars on it. So as we were talking and discussing unshakable faith, if we neglect to nurture our faith, to 
help it grow to guide it in the right direction, then when it comes time to harvest, which means you need a miracle, you need a supernatural act of God on your behalf, you you won't do it. You won't be able to do it. These heroes of faith stopping the mouths of lions, Daniel didn't just get that because he spent five minutes with the Lord and that's all he ever did. It said he prayed three times every day spending time with the Lord. And and it's not written in Daniel, but I assure you, he was talking with him throughout the day as well. They just only caught him the the three times a day because when he was on his knees, but Daniel sowed an extreme amount of time. And because of the time that he sowed into the Lord, spending time in his presence, dwelling and meditating on his goodness, he was able to get that supernatural miracle so that he wasn't torn to shreds which is what the adversary was intending for him to find when he was cast into the lion's den because then you see the ones that brought the false charge against daniel when they before they hit the bottom the lions had killed them well they had nothing to draw on there was no coins in their heavenly piggy bank to have assistance from the lord dad you're putting up a finger and you're smiling i I am so there's more to understand on this I love that you brought up, hey, yes, this verse that Promise read in the last episode. And what was the verse, sir? So the listeners can can know and look it up for themselves. Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, it is traditionally applied to tithes and offerings. However, what is important for us to understand is we are always, at all times, sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. And we can look at Galatians 6 for that. Uh, I'll read verses 7 and 8. Okay, actually 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Mm -hmm. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Mm -hmm. But he who sows to the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So we're always constantly sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. What are we sowing to? For those that, as in the example you brought up, Layla, concerning Daniel, Daniel sowed in the spirit constantly. Mm -hmm. His, His, I'll say the structure and the pattern he had for his life, was to pray three times a day. And he received much from the Lord, right? Yes. Dreams and visions and words from the Lord and how and, and instructions, not just for his own life, but for others. Not just for the, I'll say the Hebrews, the Jews in captivity in Babylon, but even for the kingdom and I'll say empire of Babylon itself. For the king, right? Yes. Now... The others did not do that. They sowed to their flesh. So when you say they had nothing to to glean from, to reap from, no, they reaped exactly what they sowed. It said of if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. Well, the corruption was in a number of various actions, which then ultimately led to wait, what does the enemy do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And it led to their destruction that they didn't even hit the ground with the lions had already torn them to pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty incredible, but 
understand the, the bigger thing here. We are constantly sowing and reaping in every area and aspect of our life. What are we sowing? Mm-hmm. And if we're not sowing anything to the Spirit, like the Lord tells us to, then what kind of fruit do you intend to, to glean or to reap in those areas and aspects of your life? And, and I say it's more than just the areas and aspects because if, even if you sow in one area, you don't know all the different ways and places that what you sowed will touch. Mm-hmm. Like what chain reactions will be exactly. released as a uh, result of that. And you see so- that in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. There's no telling what sin will touch as soon as it's sowed. As soon as that, that seed hits the ground, mm-hmm. if it's not dealt with. And on the other side of that, there's no telling what blessing will be released Amen. when we sow in faith. I mean, Abraham, one action of <laughs> offering a son to the Lord, look how far that's echoing through time Amen. and history and life. And, and we're still benefiting from that today. Absolutely. And, and that's where verse 9 comes in. Let's not grow weary while doing good. All these heroes of faith that we're reading about here in Hebrews 11, and especially the, the latter half, right, that aren't discussed with as much detail as, I'll say, you know, Noah and and Abraham and Moses and, right, uh, and, and the patriarchs, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not discussed in much detail, they still had to do the exact same things. They had to remain with the Lord regardless of what the situation and circumstance looked like in their life, regardless of how much or how little resistance they were receiving. They had to remain strong and unshakable in their faith in order to reap their eternal reward with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And oh, are you still talking, Promise? Oh, Mommy, you N- can go. No, no, go ahead, my love. Sorry, I believe Layla was still talking. Okay. Oh, Dad, you summed it up perfectly, and there is oh, well, no... Go ahead, Mommy. Hey, that's the Lord using you to bring it up, right? And then let's just also making it clear for all the listeners. So, Mm -hmm. well, promise if you had a follow up comment on this, I would love to hear it. Um, Amen. Thank you, Mommy. You're welcome, darling. Layla, as you're speaking, the Lord was reminding me of how when we allow bitterness to come up, God cannot fully vindicate us, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. With Daniel. God was able to vindicate him because he was righteous before him. Mm-hmm. And so if we allow bitterness to actually take a hold of our lives, mm-hmm. God has nothing to bring up. There's no case God can make on our behalf mm-hmm. because we ourselves ruined it. Amen. Amen. So for spiritual laws and as it pertains in, in say, the courts, right? Yes. Okay. So let's understand that. Let's understand that in full. We shouldn't be the ones brought on trial. There should be no accusation against us. Yeah, it doesn't mean the adversary won't try it. Exactly. There should be no merit to his accusation, right? Just like he accused Jesus, and Jesus had absolutely done nothing wrong, but there was no merit to his accusation. So Christ could say, he he has nothing in me. Amen. So um, I think that's a a beautiful transition, or just a, I'll say additionally— the people that we're talking about in these these latter verses of um, Hebrews 11, each of them had to make a decision not to believe 
the situation that was presented before them. Mm-hmm. They instead chose to believe what the Lord said. Um, because you think we were talking about Daniel and how he was thrown into the lion's den. He had a habit. He cultivated his faith. That wasn't his first near-death experience mm-hmm. where his life was literally on the line based on someone else's rational uh, behavior or judgments or anything of that nature. That had been pretty much his whole life from being a young man, his being whole time in, in, in battle, Babylon was, mm-hmm. you know, his life was in danger in some regard and same for David and um, many of the others. But in verse 35, it talks about the women who received their dead raised to life again. Each of these people had to look beyond, and I say look beyond, I mean, choose to put their hope in, their faith in, their trust in God being their answer rather than the limitation of what it seemed like was being presented to them. Death is, you know, for human perspective, that seems to be the most final thing, but it's not. We know that it's not. We know that Christ is the answer. And um, both Elijah and Elisha had women that had supernaturally, or one woman that had her son raised to life who so uh, shared her meal, her her food or bread making supplies with Elijah and one who um, made a room for Elisha and she supernaturally received a son when she was barren. Mm-hmm. Both of their sons died and both of them had to persist beyond that seemingly final, um, I want to say cataclysmic event in their life to go, but you're greater God, but there's life in you. And I know the truth of what you said supersedes and overrides anything that anyone else says to include the adversary or to include natural circumstances of physical death. Amen. And and just to bring out another point that you in that what you were saying there, honey, honey, in Elisha's um, time, that woman did not even tell Elisha's servant nor Elisha uh, to the point that Elisha was like, she's hidden this from me. So her, that that was it. She just went right to the Lord, knowing the Lord was the only one that could do anything. And she kept her mouth in alignment with what the Lord said. She was very careful in choosing her words. Amen. And it may have seemed, you know, strange what she was saying. If you go back and read um, for the the widow that Elisha had, um, that he had ministered to to receive a son. She was, she wasn't, I'm sorry, that wasn't a widow. She was married, but she was barren. Mm -hmm. Elijah had a widow in his life that the Lord ministered to. Um, no relations between them, just that just, you know, how mm-hmm. the stories are laid out, Amen. the accounts are laid out in the scriptures. And her words were very guarded in what she said. And to protect her faith so she could continue to persevere beyond the appearance of the event facing her. And, you know, same thing for Daniel. I'm sure he was like, Lord, can I get a break from this? Do you mind, you know, like not (laughs) accusing God, but like, man, will these people ever stop? But it didn't matter what king was there. It didn't matter what time, how old he was, how much good he had already done and been to the kingdom yet here and still more people come to persecute. And he chose not to focus on that. He chose not to go look how big their teeth are, Lord. But instead he said, Jesus, all of this is in your hands, Lord. I submit myself to you. And if you save me from this, you save me from that. You save me from the other thing. You, mm-hmm. You've you been with me all my days. You've walked with me, Lord, and led me in the path and the way of righteousness that's good for you. I choose to put my focus on that. I choose to see that. I choose to believe that 
And it doesn't mean that you deny what's happening in front of you. Daniel wasn't going, they're not going, there ain't no lions in here. There ain't no lions in here. It's not being a liar, but it's saying, even though there may be lions, the God that I serve is bigger. Right. And even letting the Lord, um, carefully cultivate what comes out of your mouth, because if those women had have said, declared that their children had perished, that would have released an amount of finality for them. Their own faith would not have been able to supersede that those words coming out of their mouth. So they had to be selective in what they said, still come and approach God to let God know that they are trusting in him and relying on him and getting help where they know to go get it. But they didn't allow themselves to declare a finality in the situation or give um, substance to what the adversary was trying to bring about in their life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And our faith is connected to our words. Mm -hmm. So they guarded their mouth. Daniel had to guard his mouth. Um, David had to guard his mouth in the situations that he was facing. Samson, all of those people had to come about and bring about the same things that we have to cultivate in us today. So what are you looking at? What situation seems impossible before you? What situation seems like it's eclipsing everything that you had already worked for and believed God for? And I challenge you and I ask you, are these things enough to overturn the word of God? The answer is absolutely not, but you're the only one who can say that for your life. No circumstance is too hard for me because I have the greater one living on the inside of me and he's not afar off. He's with me. He's in me. He's for me. Amen. And he's already decreed and declared my victory. He always causes us to triumph. He always leads us in a triumphant processional. We've overcome the adversary by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and we do not love our own way of being and doing in our own lives unto death. We are willing to give it all to Jesus Christ and lay it down and watch him succeed, watch him prevail on our behalf. Amen. Exactly, Mommy. Um, and that's something that we have to understand is that you were speaking about, Mommy, how they had to guard what they were saying and not in the way of being a liar and denying it. And also, that's something Jesus had to do as well. Mm-hmm. When Jesus had times that, I won't say he struggled, but he was saddened by circumstances that are around him. Like, example, mm. being John the Baptist's death. It said it mm-hmm. deeply moved him, and he had to go out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Because, and then he saw the people, and he was moved with compassion. He also had to understand that it's not the words that we speak that have the power. It's what the Lord puts inside of our mouths, like with the example of all the prophets. It wasn't what they said, like what Samuel wasn't what he said came to pass because it's Samuel speaking and it's going to come to pass. It's what the Lord put inside of their mouth. They were speaking what the Lord had already spoken to them. And that's what so, we So the Lord's word stands alone. Yes. So when you say what the Lord says, to, the Lord doesn't just put his words in your mouth. You have to choose to hear his words and then say what he just said to say. And stay firm on that. However, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So the victory comes because Christ has already said, I have victory for you. Here it is. Eat it and then speak it. 
consume yes, it, mama. let it rest in your heart, let it find root in you, believe it, and then speak it out of your mouth because that's how we come to salvation. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth Amen. that Jesus is Lord. So that's the same thing with everything that we need salvation for or deliverance or help or miracles for. Believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. However, if you choose not to believe God and you choose instead to be afraid or believe the report of the adversary and you choose to, to believe the adversary's words and then you let those words come out of your mouth, now you've opened the door for the adversary to make that temporary thing that he was trying to bring about final. Yes. Whereas you could have let the supernatural power of God and the victory that God has already said, this is written. And it can be and it will be established in your life if you open the door and you remain with me, you hold fast to it. So you have a choice of what you're going to open the door to in your life. And he doesn't bowl you over. Samson could have stood there all day long in those chains. But -hmm. until he humbled himself and 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 spoke with the Lord and repented for what he had done. And God is the one repentance doesn't sound or look like the way we think it should be articulated. But we can watch God's response to things to understand how God received it, right? So when Samson repented and humbled himself, then he opened the door for God to move on his behalf, right? And he didn't have any hope or expectation of living beyond that moment. He was all right to let that be the end of his lifetime, but he humbled himself yet and still and opened opened the door for the power of God. But he could have stood there all day in those chains, blinded eyes, hair growing down to his ankles, if he had not humbled himself or opened the door for God to resume working through him, stood there he would have. And the plan of the the enemy would have been finalized in his life. Yes. So it's incumbent upon us to choose today, this day, what we're going to do. Are we going to receive the word of the Lord and stand upon it? Apply it, speak it, apply it to our life, say what he says to say and do what he says to do? on the destiny track that he's laid out for you? Are, are you going to do that for you? Or will you be in opposition? And that's a choice each one has to make for themselves. Mm-hmm. But we're going to pause there for today and allow you to, to meditate on everything that's been discussed and allow the Holy Spirit first and foremost to minister to you. Amen. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord, and we just thank you that we have the ability and the opportunity, to, Lord, to understand what you're speaking to us, Lord, and to truly understand what is inside of your heart, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you that this is an example for us, Lord, that we can learn from you, Lord, what we need to learn, Lord, and not have to go through it ourselves, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have already set forth the path that we are to travel on, Lord, and it's not us trying to make our own path towards your destiny, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.